Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market on the Duncan Duo Show like we are every Sunday at 10. Uh, Saturday mornings, the LPT Real Estate All-Stars. I actually was on that show this past week, and I'm going to be hosting it sometimes as well. Nice. Their host asked me to cover. Uh, I've got a little bit of radio experience. Done this for <laughs> Just a, little a little bit of time. So he asked me to cover for him whenever he's going to be out of town. But I uh, had a great show there talking about all things um, all things Tampa Bay uh, real estate as well. When we aren't on air, you can follow us on all of our show- socials, at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, at The Duncan Duo. Anytime you want to get real estate news and updates, make sure you're following us there. And uh, excited for hockey season. The official real estate agents of the Tampa Bay Lightning once again. Uh, so we're we're stoked to be back with the Bolts and to have another uh, another year uh, with them and and a championship squad. And and um, you know it was cool going to the game. And just kind of getting back into the into the flow of that, um, but the weather also like hockey season kind of aligns with when I think the best time to live in Tampa Bay is, and it's interesting because you know our 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 preconceived notions always tell us that real estate is going to be the busiest in the spring and summer, and while that does have some merit nationally. We don't see as big of a fall off um, in this in this in the um, you know in the fall and winter months simply because it's it's more desirable. We get a population increase. We get people moving down here. And again, that's not to say that it rivals the summer because the summer is always going to be the best because families and mm-hmm. people have time off. And but but our winter months historically um, and our fall months have done relatively well compared to other parts of the country where they're getting you know inches of snow yeah. and ice on the windshield and all that. No snow. See, I live for the cooler weather. See, the cooler, yes. Not cold, cooler. I, I, don't, I don't know. I spent 20 years scraping ice yeah, off the windshield. Okay, that's fair enough. And yeah. I can tell you that uh, for me, cooler, the 50s, the 60s, yes. Like, I, It's funny. I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and I walked out to my mailbox barefoot, and I had somebody ask me, like, how are you out here? It's so cold. I'm like, it's 61 degrees. Yeah. I grew up in like... It was like negative, negative nine, and I, I remember. I remember one year I put like the all the the remote starter that I bought at Best Buy into my car, so I didn't have to <laughs> scrape ice every day. It's like that took like four hours in my garage, and and like I remember having to do that stuff. That I'm grateful to not have to do that I'm now. Never going back. Oh yeah, I, I don't have any desire to go back and uh, and deal with that. But but nonetheless, the real estate market's been crazy. One of the things I wanted to talk about, and it's and it's something that I think um, you know our industry. Look, it's always changing. Um, people that think that they can go into real estate or know what's going on in real estate know it's that way forever. As, as a nearly 20-year veteran, I can tell you that this industry is constantly evolving and changing. There's always new benefits. There's always new programs. There's always new uh, tax changes. Um, there, you know, There's a rise. There's a fall. There's an up. There's a down. Um, but- our home values still continue to be holding steady, and I think that's probably one of the um, the biggest you know wins in our current real estate market is we're still seeing appreciation. Um, we're seeing home values rise. Now, are we seeing them rise at the clip of a couple of years ago? No, but they're still going up um, in Tampa Bay. Now, can we say that nationally? No, no, because there are a lot of parts of the country where they are seeing depreciation or a flat line where we're still seeing values rise. And again, it stems back to um, not having inventory because 
people don't want to sell in their three and four percent interest rate homes to go out and buy at a much higher interest rate. So it's kind of stuck people in their homes. But the reality is, is what it's causing uh, the domino effect that it causes because we still continue to have low inventory, even though interest rates are dramatically higher. Um, it, it continues to move the needle up on on prices. So um, I, I was, however, looking at an investment property the other day, and I think it's a I think it's an incredible investment opportunity. Um, but the problem is, is that you look at the cap rate, and let's just say the cap rate's eight, okay? Which, for all intents and purposes, I think in most real estate markets, you look at a cap rate and you're like, hey, an eight cap rate, pretty good. You know, that's pretty decent. But when you factor in interest rates, the cap rate becomes they don't zero. Make sense. They don't make <laughs> it's sense. Like the, this just became a negative cap rate, you know? So, so it's hard. And and I think the commercial real estate market has is going to bounce a lot worse than residential. Um, you know, we we're working with a lot of investors that are, I wouldn't say predatory, you know, because I think that when I when I hear that word sometimes, I think it's just it's overblown. It's yeah. you know, but but they're opportunistic investors that are saying, hey, look, can I get some good assets right now because the market is softened? Can I find some opportunities? And and I think you can. And and so, um, you know, but the commercial real estate market is is going to see a bigger fallout because there's going to be greater defaults. Um, where residential, uh, you have forbearance, you have government stuff, you have inv- you have you have inventory massive obstacles, equity. you have massive equity. You're just not seeing that. But in commercial, they have these balloon notes that become due. They're they're five year, seven year, ten year sometimes that are mortgage interest only opportunities that have a balloon due at the end. A lot of people. Are going to have those balloons due, and then and then they're going to have to refinance if they Correct. can't pay it off. And the refinance, when they go from two or three percent to eight or nine percent or seven percent or whatever it ends up being, because commercial trades a little bit differently than residential, you're going to end up having people say, "I can't make these numbers work," or they're going to have to increase rents dramatically, and then they're going to have vacancy and they're going to lose tenants. So there's there's a domino effect with with commercial that I think you're going to see. A little bit more, uh, you know, distressed properties, defaults, uh, you know, more of that than you're going to see in residential. So there are those opportunities, but it, I mean, to if you're financing commercial property right now, um, it, it's hard to make those numbers work. It's hard to make an eight cap rate work when, you know, rates are where they are. So people that have cash are are likely the ones that are going to benefit because they're going to be able to get really good assets. At strong prices, yeah, because they can make the numbers work, whereas someone that is, you know, that is financing can't. Correct. Um, and so, I think that um, if you were looking at, you know, just from your perspective, Josh, I think a lot of people know that we're kind of going to be in this market with higher rates, where the market is probably going to be pulled along by more transactions on the luxury end, more cash, um, and and people that really have to move. Not people that are choosing to, because there's a lot of people that can choose that don't have to that are saying, I don't want to give up my 3% rate for a 7% rate, um, and they're staying put. If you were to predict, where do you think that delta is to where the interest rate hits, and then the market accepts it, and we see what we saw again, which is 
you know, rising prices, bidding wars, um, more transactions happening in the marketplace. We we know we're not likely to get to two or three percent interest rate anytime soon, just because of the economic conditions. But there there are a lot of people that believe if we have an administration change, a different economic philosophy in the country, um, and 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 you know, again, uh, let's just say that um, that happens. What do you think the rate needs to get to to kind of spur the growth of the real estate market again? Great question. Um, I personally, if you'd asked me that a year ago, yeah, I'd say four percent. Yeah, I honestly believe if we see sixes, it'll gangbusters. You think so? I do. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, in my mind, I had thought fives. I'd really thought that it, it would used take, to be that way. I, I thought it would take five to to shock the market. However, I think because they have risen to the point that they have, values have risen, other things have risen. I, I would agree. I, I think I think a 6.0 would I think if it got back down to those numbers, I think you would see that kind of explosion again. Um and, and here's the thing that I think a lot of people forget to understand. I saw a post the other day, and I think it's really accurate. Where it, you know it says like the people that are sitting on the fence that can afford to buy at today's rates because let's face it, as rates rise, affordability shrinks. Mm-hmm. So you have people that that can't afford it, not not that don't want to, but but that are simply qualified out. Right? I think there is a segment of the population that can afford to buy that should simply because. They can get a better deal. They can get closing cost assistance. They can get. They're not in a bidding war. They can take their time. They can inspect the home. It, it, if I told you how many people we deal with on a regular basis, and these aren't people that necessarily that we represented, that call us and say, "Hey, I bought this house. I'm thinking about selling it because I had all these problems wrong with it. Okay, I, I didn't get a chance to inspect it. Okay, I didn't. I waived my appraisal." I paid way over asking, and this is not the house I really wanted. And now they're stuck with having to sell the property because they were caught up in the rush of the market two years ago. I think this market is a less pressure-filled opportunity to get a better deal. And again, what you lose in a higher payment for a few years until rates can come back down, you're getting back in a better price, a better process. you know, a, a, you know, a better thorough inspection, you know, appraisal protections, all these things that go away when you're in this bidding war gangbusters market. So I think there are people truly that are they're not looking at the right way when they can say, hey, I can cut a few things here or there to, to make this work for me so that two or three years down the line, I can get back into an interest rate that is that is affordable More and reasonable. Palatable. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent, because when it does get crazy, I mean, there's no closing costs. There's multiple offers. There's above list, and right now is the perfect time to get that. If you can afford, if you can afford the payment, don't worry about the rate. Yeah, because that's, that's a, thing. a psychological thing. It is. People are looking at it, being like, "Oh my goodness, I can't, I can't pay that. I could have got it for this much this Correct. many years my, ago." My friend Joe has a three percent. Right. Well, I, you know, and again, I mean, I, I could have bought a, a 2006 Ford GT for a hundred grand <laughs> in MSRP, brand new. Yep. You know, then they're worth five hundred grand now. You know, like. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas every day. You know, you can't go back in time, but what you can do is make the best decision right now. And I think there are people, and again, of course, there are people that are not going to be able to afford it. But for the people that can afford it, I think the fence sitting that they're doing is going to be a mistake because they're like, oh, I'm going to wait till rates go down. 
What's going to happen when rates go down is prices are going to skyrocket. You're going to have bidding wars again. You're going to pay way over asking. You're going to waive inspection. You're going to waive appraisal. You're going to buy the wrong. Some people are going to buy the wrong house because they're going to rush into it. So this is a market that allows you to be a little bit more patient. And again, when you're, I mean, realistically, how long do people stay in mortgages before they refinance them historically? Like we're not talking decades. Three. We're talking three to five years, yeah. probably, is what Seven most people tops. do. So so if you think if you think of it like this, okay, and here's how I think of it. Let's just say that your mortgage payment is let's just call it five hundred dollars more a month, okay? Than it would have been. All right. So Call it $18,000 in extra ownership costs over a three-year period. Well, first off, you're going to get that appreciation bump. The second thing is is that that you would have overpaid for the house or waived conditions that would have protected you likely more than the $18,000 if you were in the market where interest rates were low. But people don't do the full math. They look at the very small picture instead of the big picture, and they're likely only going to be in that mortgage three to five years. So why make a decision – and forego the you know the equity and the opportunity to buy and and a better process and a better deal because in reality I think you'll get a more than eighteen thousand dollar better deal today than you would have two or three years ago when you were going to overpay for everything. So much, much we're going to keep this conversation going and we're going to talk more about it after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show and we had a great first segment talking about you know kind of the fence sitting going on with buyers right now concerned about interest rates. And Josh, I had to cut you before we were going to break, but the reality is, is that there are people that are looking at it wrong. That extra cost of ownership, like I mentioned, let's say it's $30,000 on a higher-end home, the extra cost of ownership for three or four years. You were going to overpay on the house by more than thirty grand a, a, a year and two years ago, and you weren't going to get to inspect it. You're going to waive us appraisal period. You, realistically, it's a wash to so many people. But they're not looking at it from a more global perspective. They're not looking at all of the benefits plus the the idea that um, you know that that the appreciation, the tax benefits, all those things. You're not losing what you think you're losing, and in reality, you can get it back in a better price and closing cost coverage and less cash out of pocket in a softened market. So again, I think there are a lot of buyers that are making the mistake of sitting on the fence and saying, "Oh, I'm going to wait till rates go down." When you're doing what everyone else is doing, you lose. Correct. You want to be doing not what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And so, so I am still aggressively looking to buy more real estate, and and I know there are a lot of really sharp people out there looking to do the same because they can get better terms right now. And if they don't get the rate that they like. They're just in it for a few years until they can refinance into a rate that they like with the asset. So as a home buyer, I think, again, if you can afford it, really look at the bigger picture. Factor in, okay, here's what my payment would have been at this rate. Here's what it is here. Here's the cost of ownership over, let's just say, a four-year cycle. Because the likelihood is we've seen over time rates operate in that kind of five-year cycle where they kind of, they're cyclical, even if you're in it all the way for four years, Okay. What's that extra cost of ownership over four years compared to not owning? Yep. And and how much more would you have paid for that asset and property when rates were down? You would have overpaid for it. You would have gone over asking. You'd have paid over bidding. Like we've, you know, like the list to sell, just the list to sell price ratio alone. Okay. It was 103 at peak. 
It's 98 today. Now, that's just average. You know, if you hire somebody, an agent that's better than average, aka somebody at the Duncan Duo team. Looking at okay? them right now. Yeah. Then, then, you, then you've got a, then there's a five point spread in the list to sell price ratio. That's assuming that asking prices haven't, you know, adjusted some, but, but a 5% spread on a $500,000 house is $25,000. You know, just in simple math alone, you can very quickly summarize that the extra cost that you're paying in a higher payment is getting offset by a reduced price and all of these other other benefits that if you wait you're going to end up paying more and Correct. just just get lock in the rate at the higher rate today and then refinance it out later on plus you write off all this you write off so much of this Correct. stuff Correct. And so there's one thing that I think just to touch on that you know a regular consumer is not looking at you know, I hear from a lot of people, oh, well, prices aren't going to increase like they were year over year. I'm like, maybe not right now, but look at San Diego. Yeah. That has been booming for Ever. decades. Yep. And the prices still continue to get ridiculous. Yep. We are a young San Diego. We're, I was told we're that blossoming about six into that. years ago. Hundred percent. I mean, when you can look at when you when you are looking at waterfront, multiple waterfront sales above ten million dollars for dirt. For dirt. Right. Like when you're looking at all these things happening, it's going in that direction. And so so what you have to consider is if you don't buy now, you might not ever. Well, that's the thing. It's actual affordability. Yeah. That house that's half a million 10 years from now might be worth three and a half. Correct. And you'll never buy it. Because you're looking at the price tag instead of the future potential. Correct. And and again, it's the same thing that happened with with anything that appreciates. People look at, you know, what I could have gotten it for. Look, comparisons the thief of joy. Yeah. Okay, like if you look, if if you focus your life spending too much time looking backwards instead of forwards, you're going to lose. You know, if you look at, well, I could have gotten it for this. You know, well, yeah, but two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, you're going to say I could have gotten it for the number that it is today, and you're going to keep kicking the can down the road, and making the same mistake. So again, if you're a home buyer, please don't get caught up in the rate and don't get caught up in that it's more expensive than it was a year or two ago and think that it's going to go back to those rates. It may, but even if it does, with what we're seeing with appreciation because of light inventory, even if the rates get back down, you're going to see you know, maybe a 20 30 50% higher priced home a few years down the road before it gets to the rate that you like, and, and it's not going to and save you And then the price money. will be through the roof. Correct. And you're going to overpay. So. It, it will happen. Oh, yeah. And, and Tampa's not going anywhere. I mean, we've got winning sports teams. We've got a great climate for business. We've got a great climate for weather. Um, you know, it's just it's not going anywhere. It's a it's a top 10 in the country growing city. And and it's just going to keep getting better. And, and so and we're getting because, you know, our local residents would say, oh, well, it's not affordable. People in California and New York don't think so because that's why they're moving here. Correct. And you know what? It's going to keep being an attraction for people that have the money to be able to move here. And if you make the mistake and don't buy, it's going to end up costing you. So anyway, we're going to continue our conversation. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us. Um, you know, at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Facebook. Again, at the Duncan Duo. Whenever we aren't on air. And we're always talking about real estate on our social media channels. Uh, and you can hit us up at DuncanDuo.com if you want an instant cash offer for your house. You want a free home value estimate. You can get it at that same website, again, at DuncanDuo.com.
Com. We'll be back after a quick break here on WFLA News. We're back here on the Duncan Duo show on WFLA News talking about Tampa Bay real estate. I didn't even introduce this in the beginning of the show, Josh. Hopefully everyone knows by now that it's Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team and Josh Goodwin from Goodwin Mortgage Group because we're here every Sunday. But I want to talk about this gorgeous condo we just listed, um, Aquatica on Bayshore. If you've seen the building, it looks like this. It almost looks like a mirror. Like you drive by, it literally looks like a mirror. It's like a glass thing at the corner of Bay to Bay at Bayshore. Absolutely stunning unit. And um, 2.1 million, 3,000 square foot, floor to ceiling windows that just, again, the view of Bayshore is absolutely incredible. It looks like you could literally walk off and fall into the bay. And and that's the thing I love about the depth of the view there is that it extends really like all the way out, you know? And, and so, again, gorgeous unit. We just listed it. You can get more information at theduncanduo.com. Um, and um, again, the views, the, the architecture, it's the lowest price in the building at 2.1 million for someone that's looking for luxury kind of plug and play luxury it is definitely uh the opportunity for you again aquatic on base short listed for 2.1 million 10th floor unit again stunning stunning views that that's the best part of the thing i mean you'd be right in the middle of gasparilla it's funny my agent that went and met with the seller uh joseph uh from my team is is who who listed it and he calls and he says andrew he's He's got a Ferrari like you. And I'm like, oh, great. And, you know, did you ask him what kind of Ferrari he has? He says, yeah, it's a red one. <laughs> I said, okay, Joseph, one. let me give you a little Ferrari education here, okay? <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, the the condo itself is gorgeous. It'd be, and, and I think it's a perfect opportunity for somebody that wants to reside here permanently. But I also think it could be vacation opportunity, um, perfect for someone that wants a seasonal at-bat. You know, I was talking to a, a friend of mine that uh kind of splits time between florida and texas and he had some interest in it and um and so so nonetheless i think somebody that wants to spend part of the time in tampa and part of the time somewhere else it's a perfect opportunity for that again the the modern contemporary design of the of the building and the units themselves is pretty wow factor so if you're somebody that likes the wow factor uh, this this place is is pretty incredible, and and again, you can get more information about it at theduncanduo dot uh, So, talking about the luxury market, uh, that is one place where I think that people don't realize this, but people buying homes in the millions of dollars aren't really impacted as much by by mortgage rates. It just it doesn't motivate them. That they just they benefit it from one way or another. And here's what I mean by that. So if if you are somebody that has a lot of capital, okay, if you're somebody that's wealthy, and you look at mortgage rates and you say, oh goodness, they're eight percent, the reality is is that you likely have just as much as just as much money in the bank as you have your mortgage, and the money in your bank account is going to get five five and a half percent, and you're going to pay an eight percent mortgage. That's a two point five percent spread. The same thing was happening. When you were getting a mortgage for somebody that's wealthy, the same spread was relevant in terms of the the impact on your net worth, which is what wealthy people look at. They look at their their net worth. They look at cash flow. They look at what their assets are doing. When they were at three and a half percent, you know, mortgage rates, they might have been lucky to get one point on their money. Okay, so if they were getting a two million dollar mortgage at three and a half, and they had two million bucks in the bank getting one percent. 
it's it's a wash compared to where we're at today with the delta between the interest rate they're paying on their mortgage and the interest rate they're getting on their capital. So realistically, the the scare tactic over mortgage rates doesn't affect the wealthy the same way because they're getting more cash flow on the wealth that they have because it, it, that they're putting into stable investments, they're putting into you know whatever savings accounts, whatever it is. A lot of wealthy people aren't using that; they're using other investment streams. But but let's just assume, for an example, they're getting a better return in anything that they have that's guaranteed, that offsets, and that and the spread between the mortgage and what they can get in a savings ends up being the same number. So it, it's not; mm. it, it's really a wash. You know, they don't care about eight percent interest rates. It's why our market and our luxury market is still doing incredibly well um, and why we're still seeing you know homes you know six seven eight ten million dollars sell and sell fast because mortgage rates aren't impacting that crowd the same way they impact the the, the regular consumer that's buying a five hundred thousand dollar house so when people say oh prices are rising in Tampa uh, some of that is fueled by the you know the the luxury piece and nearly half of the transactions are cash right now. I think I saw it was like forty something percent. Yeah, I was thinking maybe a little more. Honestly. Yeah, it, it's it's, a lot. It, it's it's there, right? There there is a lot of cash in the marketplace. So so again, the person that says, "Oh, well, you know, home values are going to crash because no one can afford eight percent interest rates," like half the public has enough money to not care yeah. about your eight percent interest rate. They just don't. So if you're going to choose not to buy, to wait. You're gonna keep getting. You're gonna keep losing, you know, and you're gonna to lose to people that can buy those assets for cash, you know, and and take advantage of the market. Whether it's a large hedge fund that's buying a lot of cash, or whether it's just an individual person that saved up money that lived in New York where things are crazy expensive, and now they moved here and they buy a five hundred thousand dollar house cash. So there's a lot of cash out there right now, and and so the the other thing about the luxury market is that. Um, I think people don't don't often realize this, but there are a lot of really wealthy people that buy real estate and might spend very little time there. Yeah, they're simply looking for places to park money that will get them as good or better of a return um, with a different asset class than um, you know than than putting it in the bank or putting it in the stock market. I remember a few years ago we had a Japanese investor that bought like six homes for cash, okay? And literally owned them like three years, sold them all, never stepped foot in them, never rented them. Really? But used the delta, the exchange rate, and then tax benefits and made a ton of money and did better than he would have done if he'd have bought mutual funds. So there are wealthy people. There are wealthy home sales going on right now in really uber luxury stuff yep. that people are buying homes that they're not even going to occupy very much, if at all. So that's obviously fueling our market because when you compare what's going on in Tampa compared to some of these other cities that aren't growing, right, that are, that are literally doing the opposite of growing – there are wealthy people saying, "Hey, look, Tampa's where I want to buy a seven million dollar house, and I'm going to spend a month out a year." Yeah, you know, because I know it's going to go up. Well, over five years, I'm going to make right a couple three, million bucks. grand or a couple million, right, yeah. depending on how high you are on yep. on the price spectrum. So, so again, it isn't just about you're not just competing, folks. You're not just competing with the guy that's going to buy the house and live in it. Uh, you're competing with the world now. Correct. And I think we've never had a more globalistic 
um, you know, not, I wouldn't say global because I don't think people are really, I wouldn't say global, but I don't think you've ever had a more mobile economy where people are living in places that they don't work and, and buying and moving around from one state to another state because of either the economic climate or the political climate. Let's face it, we we have seen plenty of people move to Florida because they like what Governor DeSantis is doing and they like what's happening in Florida. We see it happening all the time. Um, and certainly we've probably lost some people too. So you, I don't think it's ever been as polarizing where you've seen people moving from one state to another simply because of the political background of that state or that governor. But it's happening more and more now. I'm sure you've seen it. You've got clients that have come in and said, hey, I'm, I moved here because I like what's going on in this state and I don't like what's going on in my state. A hundred percent. I mean, it's it's really common. Like people are saying, I like DeSantis. I like what he's doing. I like what's happening in Florida. I like no taxes. I like no state income tax, right? Or I like these prices because I can get a house here for 700 grand that would cost me $4 million in California or New York. Correct. You know, or, or um, it could be simply, you know, I had somebody not long ago, um, you know, move from Texas that was very wealthy. Said they were tired of you know being close to an open border. Yeah, you know they're like, look, there's you know, it's unsafe. Exactly, I didn't feel good about it, so I moved. I moved to Florida because I feel like it's a little safer. I feel like your governor is, you know, putting people on planes and moving them out of the state. And again, whether you agree with that or not, that's causing people to move today, and it just really hasn't been that way before. Yeah. So, so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show, and we aren't on air. We're at the Duncan Duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, you know, TikTok, Facebook, we are on all of them at the Duncan Duo. Single family starts were up a surprising 7% in September. So builders, despite the rates, are still continuing to build. I think that goes back to what happened in 2008. Right? I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. But I also think that it's a lot of cash out there. And I think builders are still doing well because they're able to uh, alleviate, they're able to do some creative things to alleviate interest rates and do buy downs and reduced costs and and they have their own lenders so they have a little bit more leverage to do some things to drive sales so they're looking at it as hey look we have an advantage here over resale that we've not had in a long time we need to keep creating product because we're going to be the product yeah we're going to be the only inventory because the people that own their existing homes aren't going to want to sell them so we're just going to have to create homes to satisfy the astronomical demand that is still there correct so and that is the one thing that I, I think, you know, we recommend a lot of our customers look at new construction, even if it's not in the area that you want to live in, because you can get a financial deal that, that may hedge the else, gap. Yeah. You may be able to get your interest rate hedged to the point where a few years down the line, you know, it, it makes sense. But it's not right for everyone. And, you know, but but again, the, the builders are seeing it. It's why they are. Um, it's why they're, you know, they're, they're, the housing starts are up, you know, which is, um, again, a sign that we're going to see a lot of new construction, I think, in Tampa Bay the next year. So I think that's going to be a high portion of the sales. If you were to take, if you were to say, you know what, let's eliminate the luxury segment and let's eliminate the new construction segment, the number of resale sales in our mid to low level price tiers is, is very non-existent. You know, I wouldn't say non-existent. It's very reduced, mm-hmm. right? It's why you hear a lot of political talk about creating affordable housing and incentives to allow allow builders and developers to do things that maybe Tampa and Florida didn't do before because there there's an audience of people that need affordable housing that aren't yeah. getting it. Agreed. So so is that you know and, and again I think 
There are still programs out there too for people that are looking at affordable housing for yeah. reduced rate, reduced things. There's there's always incentives, right? Always. Just if you fit it. Yeah. And and what are and, and again, that's gonna vary. It's gonna be like, you know, different different programs, different bond programs, different down payment assistance. But 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 there are programs out there available for people. And I think that's something that's constantly evolving. Yeah. So we're gonna be back, we're gonna continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo show. So back here on the Duncan Duo Show, talking Tampa Bay real estate. I, I talked about our Aquatica condo at Bayshore, and I, I mentioned that uh, the owner had a Ferrari, like mine, apparently. A um, red one. A red one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 458 Italia uh, that I love. It's it's absolutely beautiful. I, I love the exhaust note of that car, and it's yeah, just it's a good. classic. It's a tin, you know. It's a it's a platform that's been around since 2011. So I mean, it's a you know, 12, 13-year-old platform at this point. Um, but it, it was ahead of its time. The, the the sound of the exhaust is probably the thing that I think excites me the most about that car. And I posted on my Facebook page the other day. You can look me up. I'm I'm Andrew Duncan, and I got the blue check mark on there, so you can look me up on Facebook. Verify. And, uh, it, you know, and friend or follow me there. But the I, I posted the other day about the car that got away that I miss. The it's a, M5? Yes. It's a 2006 <laughs> E60 M5 V10 um, and uh, Interlagos Blue. I loved that car. And it was my first car, like my first 10 years of my real estate career, almost first 10 years, probably about like first eight or nine. I literally lived like a, I mean, I lived like a peasant. I ate cheap. I spent cheap. I didn't go on a lot. I put everything I could back into the business. I didn't have cool cars, right? So I've been in this thing 20 years, right? And so people see the cars and the house and all this stuff now, and they're like, oh, I want to get to that. It's like, well, it put in the 20. a long time. Yeah, yes. yeah. Put put in the, you know, put in the 7,000 days that I've put in. You yep. know, like put in the 20 and, and you'll get there because you can't skip the process. You're not, it's not going to happen overnight. This didn't happen overnight because this first, that, that first really long period of time, I lived way below. And so that was like for me, when I bought that car, it was like the first cool car I had as an adult. Like, cause I had some dumb like muscle cars as a kid and a teenager and stuff that I crashed, and you know, cause I was a kid, right? <laughs> but it was the first cool adult car that I had, and I loved that car. I really did. The sound, that V10 the sound, sound of the V10. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. So, what's the car you you're actually you're getting one and building one right now? That's kind of like a throwback for you. That was like mm -hmm. your teenage love, you know, kind of a thing, right? Yeah, that one's cool. The Hawkeye 2007 STI. I, I just saw one. I was like, oh, let's see what they look like. And everything was like, I don't know, 200,000 miles on it and found one with 37,000 miles on it. But for me, I'll probably never drive it. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, you I'll will take it, drive I'll take it, it here. Yeah. I'll take it to the radio yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, let's shift through the gears on Correct. the way there. Yeah. But it'll sit. It's almost like an, it's like art, you know? Art. Like, I had somebody the other day say like, oh, why do you have all those cars? Why would you waste all that money? And if you they think, don't get it. Well, yeah, if you think wasting money on like exotic or rare cars, um, you, you've you been trained to think like somebody that drives a Honda Accord. Because yeah, Honda Accord, Toyota Care, I mean, all the mass-produced cars, that's lose value. Yeah. But there are plenty of cars, you're doing it all wrong, and you're not looking at it, and you've not gotten someone that's taught you the education, because the cars I own, a lot of them I make money on, and they go up in value. You know, So so again, it depends on what game you're playing. Yeah, if you're playing in the mass-produced car field, it's a bad investment. But if you're playing in the rare car field and the exotic cars... Yep. There's a lot of money to be had. There's great networking that happens. There's there's cars that go up in value. But anyway, kind of going back to the to the car thing. So I so I had I bought this E60 M5 and I owned it for a couple of years and I I ended up upgrading it to an M6, 
which I also loved, and I the owned Grand the Coupe? M6. The four-door or the two-door? The two-door. And I owned the M6 for a really long time, too, because I get attached to cars. Mm-hmm. I like I get... I have a buddy of mine, Victor uh, Victor Alvarez. He owns Induction Performance and Brainton Motorsports Park. Victor's the kind of guy that he's going to buy a car and he's going to have it for like a month or two or three yep, and then be that. gone. It's like he had a McLaren 720S and he had it for about as long as, as I had like a high school girlfriend, about three weeks. <laughs> I mean, he got rid of it so fast, right? Like when I was in high school, that's what happened. You know, yep. he had somebody, oh, it's my girlfriend for about three months and they're gone. That's how fast Victor gets rid of cars. I get him and I'm like... I'll just go get another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting. Rid I don't want to let one. go. Anyway, so the M5 for me was like a, a. It was it was like a point in my career where I started working with higher end clients. I started my business started growing, and and for me, I just loved that car. So I've been on the hunt for another one. Like, and I posted the other day on my Facebook that I, I'm probably going to end up with another one, and and it's amazing because. Um, you know, it's just it's got sentimental. You know, there's a yeah. It's definitely not as fast as the no, not as fast as the cars that I have. Not even close. But there's just a sentimental aspect. It's kind of a throwback to, you know, like when I was really kind of first getting started and getting going. And and so it's why I've had Ford Lightning trucks. I've I've always had a Ford Lightning truck. And for me, it's a throwback because that was a car I had. You know, when I was younger and dumb. And oh, you had one of those when you were younger. Uh, when when I was in my uh, I would say my mid twenties. Yeah, yeah, mid twenties. I had a Ford Lightning. Truck. That is an awesome truck. Yeah, I, it, and again, for a pickup truck, there's just not as much out there today. That have you seen the refresh cool of that? I have. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, there there <laughs> is some new stuff. There's some new stuff that isn't as cool as the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Is pretty much the way I think of it. So, but but again, that that M5 for me, and and so um, I, I think again, you know, when I think back to my real estate career, I I think back to that time because for me, it was kind of a pivotal moment. So. Um, I wish I wouldn't have sold the car, truly. I wish I still had it today. And I sold it, probably didn't need to sell it. But at that time, I didn't have the business I have today. I didn't have the leverage I have today. I didn't have the opportunity. I didn't have anywhere to put it. You know, I had a three car garage and I had three cars. You know, yep. it was a fourth car. So, so nonetheless, I think there's no question that, um, you know, for me, I just, I'm a car person. I love cars. I love car culture. I'm always going to different events. So if you ever go out to one of those shows, you can follow me, the Andrew Duncan on Instagram. You can see my collection. If you ever see me or one of my cars out of the show, come up, introduce yourself, say, Hey, and uh, anyway, that's it for, that's it for this week. Hit up duncanduo.com If you want an instant cash offer or get your home sold guaranteed or get your home value, you can do all those things again at duncanduo.com Follow us at the Duncan duo. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook, and have an awesome rest of your weekend, Tampa Bay.